as creatives, we should do our best to make sure that people pay us what we're worth and we shouldn't do that on their terms. We should set our own terms for that. And you're allowed to is, is what I want to stress. You're allowed to do that. Even if a company, you know, they, they pay the invoices on the 30th, doesn't matter. Kay won't work with that company then if they're the ones who are going to be in that situation. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that's hot in the freelancing world, and that is getting paid. It's something designers often, you know, complain about on Twitter, that payments aren't coming in as quick as they'd like, etc. And we'd like to talk today about our approaches to getting paid and getting clients to to pay us for the work that we do. It's sort of a follow-on, I guess, from episode 47, I think it was, where we talked about how to price your design work. Yes. Does it sound good, Fem? Yes. I've seen quite a lot of chitter-chatter about this on Twitter lately. (laughs) Uh, So I think this will come at a good time for some people, especially with Christmas coming up soon and you know people starting to slow down and wrap up projects for the holiday season so let's make sure everybody has money to spend on Christmas presents. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, should we do a bit of a catch up first? How's your week been? Yeah. After the conference been putting things in action? Yeah just on a bit of a high I'm at the moment writing a blog post for my newsletter that's going to go out pretty soon and that's sort of similar to the post that you did it's a bit of a conference recap and I feel like it's going to be a good post that will sort of reflect where I am right now and I'll be able to look back on it and and see where I was and hopefully be able to look back and see the progress that I've made since this conference so just working on that at the moment and obviously catching up on like two weeks worth of emails since I've been away but otherwise I'm I'm feeling pretty good I'm like on a conference a post-conference high that's good I sort of feel like I'm in a post-conference paralysis, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I'm so overwhelmed with ideas and, like, all the things that I should be doing. And I'm just like, how do I figure out, like, where to start? There's so many different avenues I could go down and decide to focus on. It's not a clear path, you know. So I'm I'm having a bit of trouble figuring that out at the moment. But I might potentially have a new client project coming up. So... If that happens, I will push that decision-making aside for a couple of weeks. Yeah, exciting. I also have a potential client project in the works right now. We're just in the early stages of discussion. So similar to you, I will be putting other things aside and focusing on that project for the rest of the year if it all works out like I hope it does. Yeah, I am looking forward, though, to seeing where we both go from the conference. Uh, if you, if you person listening, didn't hear our episode about conferences and you would have heard a bit about the insights we gained at the Sean West conference. Uh, check that out. That was episode 50. Moving on to today's topic, though, getting paid. Uh, first off, I want to say that there is no shame in wanting to be paid for your work. Like, you deserve it, right? Oh, yeah. I think people often feel like it's a bit of a sensitive topic to talk about because you don't want to come across as, like, greedy or anything like clients aren't paying me, I need my money. Uh, But we all need to be paid, you know, it's just part of the process. And it's just a standard thing of the industry. Like you do the work and the client returns the favor by paying you money. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with like 
being disappointed or frustrated if the client is late in that payment because they're not holding up to their responsibility. And so I think you have every right to be a little bit disgruntled in that situation. Yeah. Now, I had I do have some thoughts on the situation that you're in when you're complaining about being paid late, but let's get into them a bit later. I don't want to start off the episode turning people off. Negativity. Um, yeah. First off, have you had trouble with getting clients to pay on time? Is that an issue you've experienced in your freelancing? In the general sense, no, but I have had it happen before. And what I usually do is send a polite follow-up first. So actually before that, I always give them a few days grace period, like maybe a week or so extra grace, uh, just because you never know what could be going on in their life. There might be something personal going on. Maybe they just you know, genuinely forgot, like it wasn't on purpose, or there could be other multiple reasons or factors as to why the payment didn't come through on time. So I usually give them like an extra sort of seven days-ish of a grace period, and then I'll follow up just with a really polite email, just checking in and asking, hey, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while, how's it going with the payment sort of thing. I think too often we feel like we need to jump in and get really angry and sort of let our emotions get ahead of us in that in that scenario. And I think also we feel pressure to, or at least I've seen freelancers feel that pressure to be, I wouldn't say professional, but just be really firm. And mm. I think jumping into being too firm and too harsh straight away is lacking a bit of empathy. And and back to what I said before, like you don't know what the reason could be as to why they're late on the payment. So I like to just follow up with a really nice, polite and professional email, just, you know, checking in, how's it going? Uh, You know, is there anything I can help with? Do you have any questions about the payment or the invoice? Making sure everything's clear and they know how much is due and where they have to pay it to or how they need to pay it, etc. And just seeing what their response is to that email first. That's a really good point because if a client has gone a week without paying you and they've, you know, that email has just slipped in with all the others in their inbox or whatever, and they've just not, you know, that's not on their mind, but you've been thinking about it. You know, you've been stewing over it being like, why isn't this client pay me every day checking my bank balance and the payment's still not there. Mm -hmm. You know, it becomes a hot topic for you. And so if you approach them with that uh, manner, I suppose that will be quite confronting for them when it's just not even something they had at the top of their mind. I mean, of course it is like they should have been more on top of it and been paying you the bill if they want their work. But but still, yeah, like you said, you never know what situation they're in. So it never hurts to for that first email to just be a polite follow-up. Yeah, I think it's good to just have the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And you have to realize that the client paying you is probably not a priority for them as it is a priority for you to get paid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but we have ways we can make it a priority for them, right? Yeah. Like, for example, I do this, and I think you do too, that I do not send the final output to them without receiving the final payment. So that makes it in their best interest to pay me because it means that they can get the work that they've you know, seen the concepts of and now they can get the finished piece because they'll pay me the money and I can release it to them. So it's kind of like an incentive in a way to get them to pay on time. Yeah, exactly. That if they, it's fine if they don't want to pay for another week, they can have their deliverables later in another week. But if clients are on a tight deadline, it's they'll always pay you on time because they want those items that you've designed. 
I have to admit that I agree very strongly with that policy and I also do do it. But in the last client project that I did, I didn't do this. And I almost feel Ooh. like embarrassed to say this on the show. <laughs> no, this is good. We're about honesty here. Yeah. What we, happened? We so tell, tell us what went down. Why'd you decide that? And did it work out okay? Okay. So what happened was that there was a really tight deadline and the client needed the stuff on this particular day because they were working with another agency that they were going to pass my work onto for the agency to bring it to life, so to speak. And so they needed the original source files so that they could give it to the agency and they could do their share of the project, so to speak. And so I just went with it. Like I did it, basically. And did you ask them to pay you? Sorry to interrupt, but did you... Did you push for that? Like, did I push for it when they asked for the source files? Did I say, yeah, like, did you oh, say, you okay, well, you have to pay first? No, I didn't. But it does say in my contract that I will only send the source files over yeah. after they've paid. And yeah. and I was thinking of that, like, during it, I was like, oh, it does say in my contract, like, did they read that bit? And I was in conflict with myself thinking, do I do it kind of thing? Like, do I go against what it says in my contract and send them the source files like they've asked and go based on like good faith and trust basically. And in the end I decided to, which I don't recommend for every scenario, obviously, but I I did it. I've decided, I had decided to send them the source files and do that without receiving the payment first. When did they pay you? Was it a speedy payment? I only sent them the invoice yesterday. (laughs) Oh, femme. Okay, well, this is all on you, pal. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not complaining about this. I'm just, yeah, I, I, know. I thought I would just share it as as an honest, honest example of how, even though I totally agree that you should receive the payment first and then send them the source files, even I slip up on that sometimes and make exceptions. In this scenario, the client, I have a lot of trust with them. They're a local-based client. And also there was a bit of... Uh, I guess, like I, I ideally would like this to turn into a repeating client. So I kind of right. wanted to build a bit of trust and a bit of relationship with them. But obviously, I also have to keep in mind now that I have potentially set the wrong expectation that they'll receive, you know, everything from me before payment. So that's something that I have to be a bit careful about for next time if we are going to work together. Yeah, totally. What I do when I send out the contract to my clients is I'll like bullet point in the email some of the like the key things in it you know to un- that they have to understand and one of them is that payment has to be received before the final files can be released so that that's like in the email and I'm not just like it's not hidden in- inside the contract you know not that you're trying to be sneaky about it or anything right but, so just I mean, make I do it pull clear. that out for them yeah and I also make it clear that I can't start work on it until they pay and I often have more trouble getting that initial payment than I do the final one, which is strange. Interesting. Yeah, because obviously I feel like all the projects I work on are all on a short time frame, but clients always have more trouble getting me that initial payment to kick the project off than to get the final files in the end, which is annoying because um, I need to be harsher with my like deadlines. Like I always think, okay, well... I can get it done by this time if I start tomorrow. So that means I need the final payment tomorrow in order to, you know, do this. And I do tell them that. But yeah, I think I should extend my deadlines a bit more just to make that a bit more realistic for them because they yeah have trouble getting that payment in quick enough for me to start most of the time. 
Yeah. So speaking of that initial payment, just so that our listener understands what we're talking about there, I assume you're talking about like a sort of down payment and a percentage of the total cost. Yeah. So depending on what the overall price of the project is, I will get clients to pay 50% up front before the project starts and then 50% at the end before I release the deliverables. If it's a project spanning over a long time, I might break that last bit up into 25% and 25%. If there's like significant um, stages within it, like I considered doing that with a recent branding project I did. So 25% would be paid when I did the logo and then the other 25% will be paid when I finished the email and the website. But instead, because it was a short time frame, we went with the 50%, 50% model. Do you do a similar thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine is only 20%, but similar concept in that I always ask for a down payment up front. And the reason I do this is there's a couple of reasons. One is to like get their commitment on the project. It's kind yeah, of like... Yeah, so important. Yeah, it's sort of like a way for them to commit and be like, yeah, I'm really serious. I mean, yeah, you do have a contract with them, hopefully, if you don't have contracts with your clients get one Uh, but there's something you know different about signing a piece of paper and then actually physically handing over money I think you're a lot more inclined to be actually committed and invested in the project if you're passing over money if you're exchanging money so that's one of the reasons why I get a down payment and the other reason is because what you know what if the project goes sour halfway through or I don't know, maybe just something goes really terrible and it doesn't work out, then at least depending on obviously like the terms and conditions in your contract, et cetera, uh, hopefully at least you'll be able to keep that down payment that you received up front if you've done the adequate amount of work for it. Yeah. And I there's terms in my contract that state that the down payment is non-refundable. In fact, the whole payment is non-refundable and there's terms as to uh, when – each party, you know, myself or the client has defaulted on the contract and explaining what that could mean. So it's not that if they just, you know, don't, don't decide they don't like me anymore, too bad. Like that's not a reason that I should return their deposit. You know, it's very clear terms. Like I don't do the work um, as set out by the brief or I don't deliver on time or, you know, etc. How do you send out your invoices? Because that's something that I'm not very good at. <laughs> I had to recently change how I was sending out my invoices. So I used to use a service called invoiced.com, I believe mm-hmm. it was. In the invoice, I would set out each individual deliverable as like a line item. So there would be like mobile design, X amount. Um, oh, interesting. The blog page, this amount, email templates, etc. And then there's like a total at the bottom. I don't tend to do that anymore. I just put like design services than the total amount because it's just so much cleaner. Uh, But when I was using Invoiced, I had it connected up to Stripe, which is kind of like a, I don't know, how would you describe it? It's a a payment service. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really easy and they would just pay using Stripe. Uh, But since registering as a freelancer here in the Netherlands, I had to change to a Dutch system and uh, so now I, I have to use that for all of my invoices and it's similar like I can create it online and hit the send button and it goes straight to the client and I have enabled uh, like the Dutch in Holland we have ideal which is kind of like 
it's not very ideal actually but uh-huh. it's called ideal and it's like our payment system and so I've got that turned on so that my Dutch clients can pay through our sort of national Dutch payment system uh, but I haven't yet gotten to the point of turning on like credit card payments or PayPal or anything unfortunately it doesn't integrate with Stripe which is kind of like a real bummer uh, so in the past, most of them have just paid me via bank transfer, which isn't mm. isn't the best situation. But so far, I mean, I'm getting paid, so it's okay. <laughs> that's interesting. I want. I mean, this is not really relevant, but that's so strange. They force you to use a specific invoicing software. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, it wasn't really forced, but it was really encouraged, and the software is like built based on Netherlands requirements and so because I'm operating here in the Netherlands and I need to fulfill those requirements it's just much easier to use it because then I can like send the invoices and everything to my accountants and they've got all of the information that they need for Dutch regulation and whatever so it's just easier from that point of view. Uh, Yeah that makes sense. But I mean how are you doing it? Are you just creating invoices in like InDesign as a PDF or are you using payment system? Okay. (laughs) Tell, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so I've not, I don't know. I don't know how to choose a good invoicing system and I don't do enough client work to warrant investing money in that side of things. You know, I'll do like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I've been talking about a client project recently on this podcast. I've had like three in the past six months, which is strange for me. You know, I don't normally do that much client work. Um, and even then that three is not a lot of projects. So yeah, I've just that's just not something that I've invested in. So I just tend to create like I've got a template template in InDesign that I made for myself, and I put the details in there and send it as a PDF along with the contract usually. And I get clients to pay me. It depends on where they are. Uh, usually, they've preferred bank transfer because I obviously want to pass the processing fees that PayPal or or Stripe gives onto them because it's not fair that you know you know, I need to be paid the amount that I'm paid. So, um, yeah, it's either been bank transfer or transfer wise as well is a really good service to use for getting overseas clients to pay you because it's much cheaper than bank transfers a lot of the time. And it's really fast too. I want to recommend in here for you a service called Zipbooks, which is 100% free. And they they make money off like the, the transaction fees and things like that. So like the Stripe, they charge extra for the Stripe fees or I don't know, something like that. And so you as a customer don't need to pay anything and you can for free send invoices and everything online. So maybe that's something worth checking that out does for you sound to like make it a bit easier. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone listening needs something free as well, then that would definitely be linked in the show notes. Yes, it will. So what are your payment terms like I heard you mention earlier something about 30 days is that typically the payment period that you that you give them no I don't I do not remember mentioning that oh didn't you maybe I (laughs) maybe I mentioned it maybe yes is that your terms yeah my terms is 30 days usually no mine's much less I don't give clients that much time I generally say like 14 days at the most um usually I just say the next week is when it's due because you know, they're going to pay in two weeks, they're going to pay in one week. What's the difference? Just get into your payment software and pay me. (laughs) Um, But that's because usually, like I said, my projects are on a tight time frame. So if they want their work, then they've got to pay me like now pretty much. 
and I make that clear to them. So I, I generally, there's been one case actually lately where I did get paid rather late and that was for a speaking engagement that I did um, at a literary festival I held a vlogging workshop and I sent them my invoice before the workshop and it was to be due on the day of the workshop mm-hmm. and I didn't get paid but I mean like I was already there so I wasn't going to kick up a fuss about it uh, you know again that's on me for, for not inquiring more but then a week after that I still wasn't paid yet and so I contacted them and was like yo where my payment at but in much more professional terms obviously and they were like oh we pay invoices on this day of the month and I just want to say to anyone listening that clients have to pay on your terms you're not getting paid on their terms and you should make sure that they treat you as a professional and realize that you know you can't um for example, go to say you hire like a plumber to come to your house or whatever, and they say, okay, your invoice is due on this date. Or your power, like, you know, paying your power bill, that's due on a certain date, right? And you can't be like, oh, sorry, no, I only pay bills in March, so you'll be paid <laughs> then. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. You have to pay based on what it says on your bill or on your invoice. And so, yeah, don't let clients push you around if that's something that they say to you. Just, I mean, don't, like you were saying at the start, Femme, don't get... um don't get ang- angsty about it to start with. Just be polite and be like, well, actually, sorry, it, it does state on my invoice that this is the payment date. So, you know, and it gets easier, like I said, to make them pay up if it is a case where they have to pay before they get the deliverables. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to ask you ab- about this because oh, yeah? I have some friends who do client work for agencies and often agencies do operate on like a payment schedule kind of thing so they do all the payments at the end of the month for example and they have problems with this because say they they wrap up a project on the last day of the month or something then they have to wait a month or sometimes even two months they get they might get bumped into the next month of of payments and yeah that's ridiculous yeah I mean I just don't think that's fair yeah so do you have anything in place for like a penalty if the client is overdue or late in payments I don't, but only because it's not something I've really had to deal with yet, apart from that speaking engagement, you know. Um, But when I pointed out my invoice uh, was due on that date, they did pay me earlier than their payment terms said because I had pointed it out. So, yeah, it's not something I've encountered yet. And I guess it's something that you'd have to say on the invoice itself that, you know, late payments incur an X fee if that's something you were going to do. You know, it's not something you could just decide to add later, right? Right. I don't have it on my invoices, but I do have it in my contract. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's still stated. I've never had to use it, though, or I've never had to enforce it, but I kind of just have it there just as protection for myself. You know, like you want to protect yourself, and this is why a contract is so important. Maybe we should do an episode on contracts. Uh, That would be a really good idea, actually. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I recommend, even if you haven't been in – the situation where a client has been late, I'd recommend still considering putting putting in your contract a potential late payment fee, and that could be a percentage or or whatever, just to protect yourself in case you do get in that situation. You know, how much like how late does a invoice have to be to incur a late payment? Like I think you said a seven day grace period. So after then, is it when the overdue fees kick in? Well, it depends on the client's reasoning for not paying me. So right. 
I have a bit of empathy there and some people might disagree with me and be like, no, you need to be really firm and stick to your terms and whatever. But I'm quite an empathetic person. So if, if they have a good reason, like they were sick or they forgot or well, not that it's really <laughs> a good reason, but you know, like if it wasn't intentional, yeah, uh, yeah, then I'm pretty flexible. So I haven't been in the situation where I have to use it, but I'd say that I'd probably kick it in if a, they didn't have a good reason after that seven days. So in total, that would be 37 days, I suppose. Uh, or if it like just started getting super late and maybe I'm not hearing from them, I'd start like pushing pushing that late payment fee potentially. Yeah, yeah, that sounds smart. Because you don't want clients to take advantage of you. Um, and you do deserve to be paid. And like we were saying before, if you forget to pay a bill or you, know, you decide you're only going to pay bills in March, you're going to get late payments late fees sorry on that so why not on your design invoices because it's still a service yeah I I'd be interested to hear from if there's a listener that maybe you work in a different industry like for example my boyfriend Owen works mostly in the writing industry for his freelance stuff and it's such a different ball game especially when it comes to invoicing and getting paid like his his writing articles will be published before he gets a cent and those articles will go to get like you know sometimes hundreds of thousands of views and he hasn't been paid yet and so it's just a bit of a different industry I feel like there's different standards there I don't know I feel like it's quite common in the design industry though to hand over the work without being paid first because of that you know like 30-day payment period or whatever I feel like a lot of people do that um have you ever experienced clients pushing back or perhaps being turned off by the way you yeah the way you do your payments and with the deposit and the the payment before deliverables etc uh not not that comes to mind but sometimes I have had clients be a little bit unsure about the pricing method that I use so like value-based pricing for example like I've had clients that want specifically an hourly rate or a day rate or something Mm. like that Uh, but so far I haven't really been in a situation where they haven't been comfortable with a down payment or haven't been comfortable with the 30 days or anything like that have you I I feel like I maybe like it might have turned people off from coming back to me for repeat business because I don't know they don't like the fact that they had to pay to get the deliverables or you know they had to pay right now if they wanted me to start on it right now but I'm kind of okay with that because the way I see it, if I wasn't paid on time, I would be feeling really stressed, you know, and I would, that's what I'd be worrying about. I'd be like, am I doing all this work and are they actually going to pay me for it? Oh my God. And that's just not what you should be thinking about. You know, I want to be thinking about the brief and I want to be thinking about their user and focusing on the design, not worrying about being paid. So yeah, I guess I'm kind of okay if those types of clients don't come back to me. And I hope that the more designers encourage this sort of professional payment system and you know with having contracts and having down payments and expecting clients to pay before you send them the files I hope that the more we do this the more we'll change the industry and that will be the standard and people won't be surprised anymore when when that's a thing that we ask for yeah so do you do you have any suggestions for what could fix late payments like we just t- touched on having a late payment fee which sometimes works sometimes doesn't for people I mean what what are your thoughts on for example like throwing this out there getting paid the full amount up front before you do the yeah. work 
that's totally fine too, especially if it's a short deadline. I have, I sometimes say that. Um, in fact, for a recent client project I did, I said that they wanted it within like four days. And so I was like, cool, well, let's just, I need the whole amount up front then. And they had to pay me that if they wanted it. And did they? Yeah, they did because they wanted the work. Nice. And that's the thing is if they don't want to pay you, then it's not your work. It's someone else's problem. And I don't think late payments become a problem when you do enforce the fact that they will not get their deliverables and they will not get their designs that you've worked on until they pay you. Yeah. I think that is the ultimate fix for late payments, that if someone wants their designs, then they will pay you the money. And there could be a situation where you get halfway through and they decide they don't want it anymore. Um, or I don't know, they lose motivation or something. But that's when late payment fees can kick in, you know, because they have signed a contract, etc. But for the most part, I think that payment on delivery will will solve those problems. Yeah, and I'd recommend if if you're listening and maybe you're a web designer and you do web projects or, or you're a web developer, in, instead of maybe it being like the design files that they receive on payment, hold back setting their website live until oh, you sure. get the payment. Yeah. That's what I've done when I've done web web projects. I've been like, okay, like your website is ready to go. All I need to do is press the magic green button, so to speak, <laughs> pay me and it'll be live in no time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a super motivating thing, right? So whenever I see people, designers mostly on Twitter complaining about not being paid, I'm like, well, did you give them the work already? Well, then they've got no incentive to pay you. Like what's in it for them to actually pay you the money? Nothing. Hopefully I can come back in a couple of weeks and say that my client paid me. Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) I'm sure. I really hope so. (laughs) I'm pretty confident about it, but I will update everyone when when it comes through. (laughs) I just want to quickly say too that I apply this method of payments to my sponsored videos and blog posts as well whenever I do them, which Mm -hmm. is not very often. And that's always a real shock to people because that's just not how that industry works at all. There was a situation recently where a like blogging agency, I guess you'd call it. I think it was called Mode Media. It went bankrupt and shut down and some bloggers are owed like thousands of dollars by them in in payments, you know, late payments for jobs that they've done, videos that they've published, whatever content that's out there and they haven't been paid for yet. And I think that's a real shame. And I think that as creatives, because, you know, blogging and, and making videos is creative industry as well. As creatives, we should do our best to make sure that people pay us what we're worth. And we shouldn't do that on their terms. We should set our own terms for that. And you're allowed to, is is what I want to stress. You're allowed to do that. Even if a company, you know, they, they pay their invoices on the 30th, doesn't matter. Kay won't work with that company then if they're the ones who are going to be in that situation. And you might be thinking, oh, well, that means I wouldn't get as many jobs. But actually, it might mean you get more jobs that you're actually paid for, you know, yeah. think about it that way. <laughs> That's a good point. So we did ask on Twitter if any of our followers had advice for getting paid on time. And most of the advice are things that we've already touched on. So Louise said writing the due date on the invoice, which is a really good point that we didn't cover. And she also said withholding final designs until payment. Yeah, I agree with both of those. Uh, Sam said something similar, so he said, don't give them anything until they pay. And then a winky face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicoletta said, have a friendly reminder system in place that's automated so you don't forget. That's really smart. I don't have any kind of automated system in place for that. Do you, Charlie? 
Well, no, because I don't even have an invoicing system in place. <laughs> yeah, so I think most invoicing software does allow you to set up like automated friendly reminders if they're overdue. Cool. Uh, I haven't enabled that on mine, but I might consider doing it. Uh, and then Naomi finished off with make it easy for them to pay directly, such as adding a link to an online payment system from the invoice and also follow up with friendly reminders if they're late. Yeah, making it easy to pay is a is a good one you know do the work for them tell them exactly what method is going to be best and make it easy I actually caught up with Naomi a few weeks ago she lives here in Amsterdam and she was telling me about this how she's moved to a new sort of invoicing payment method and beforehand I I think she might have been doing it like you were Charlie so there was no like link to pay sort of thing yeah and she said that since implementing a sort of link to pay and an easy payment method like she said that clients pay her like almost instantly like it's just so much easier for the client and gets rid of all of this friction so I think that's a really important one to have if if you don't already have a sort of payment system set up or linked to your invoicing software then I'd highly recommend looking into doing that somehow yeah for sure that sounds like a smart idea well I think we've had some some fiery bits and some (laughs) you know good advice in this episode I'm sorry if anyone feels offended by me saying that you should set your own terms or whatever, but I do firmly believe in it. And if you want to talk about it more, please reach out to us on Twitter. We are at DesignLifeFM because this is a topic we are very passionate about, aren't we, Femme? Yes, we are. And before we finish up our final wrap-up, we just want to remind you that our next episode is going to be our birthday episode. Woo! It's very exciting. So we're going to be reaching one year of the Design Life podcast and we would love for your voice to be included in the show. So we're going to do a special edition episode and we'd like you to be a part by sending us a voice memo of something that you're struggling with. And we'll include this voice memo on the show and you can remain anonymous if you want to. You don't have to say your name or anything. Uh, and we'll be answering your questions on the show. Right, Charlie? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be cool to have some other other voices in the yeah. show. If you want to listen to our past episodes, head on over to designlife.fm and do that. And make sure you sign up to our newsletter as well. We'll send you an email every Monday morning when our new episodes come out. And you'll also be the first to hear when our sticker pack goes live. Because whoop, whoop. that is a thing we're doing. It is a thing we're doing. Very exciting things coming soon. Yeah, they're going to be limited edition and newsletter subscribers will hear about it first. So you'll get the first chance to go check out our store. So make sure you're signed up to that. Cool. See you next week on our birthday. Yeah, one year. See you then. Bye. Bye.